Have you ever felt trapped in a high-paying job, chained to a life that's slowly slipping away? Day after day, the same routine, the same unfulfilling work, and the constant longing for something more? If you're nodding your head right now, feeling that weight on your shoulders, then this is the podcast you've been waiting for. Welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show. I'm Brian O'Neill, and I'm here to tell you that you're not alone. I've been in that prison too, sacrificing precious moments with my family, feeling the regret and resentment build up inside. But guess what? There is a way out, and together we're going to break free. Each episode, we'll dive deep into the stories of incredible individuals who have successfully made their escape, who have turned their dreams into reality, and who now live lives filled with purpose, joy, and abundance. But we won't stop at inspiration alone. We'll equip you with the tools, strategies, and mindset shifts needed to break through the barriers that have held you back for far too long. Together, we'll ignite your entrepreneurial spirit and unleash the business genius within you. It's time to take action, to shatter the chains that bind you, and to embrace a future filled with unlimited possibilities. The W2 Prison Break Show is your key to unlock the door to a life of purpose, fulfillment, and success. I invite you to join me on this transformative journey. Subscribe now to the W2 Prison Break Show and let's embark together on the path to freedom. Remember, it's never too late to break free and live the life you've always dreamed of. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the W2 Prison Break Show. Another awesome guest today, just a regular guy from corporate. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way. But what I want you to get out of this episode, okay, what I want you to hear is how anyone can do this. This guest, Chad Price, our guest today, is not any different than you. He's not any better than you. And you're gonna we're gonna talk about that. But he was able to build a business, a successful business that he sold for millions of dollars, okay? based around stuff that he already had knowledge about, passion about. And he just did a few things to get started, and then he continued with the momentum. So this is the lesson that I want you all to understand as you're listening to these episodes and as you're hearing these stories, is that this absolutely can be you. Let's get straight to the episode. Chad, welcome to the W2 Prison Break Show. I'm excited to have you on. This is going to be a cool discussion. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet you. Yeah, definitely. Nice to meet you as well. We were introduced to each other by a mutual friend, Mitch, and I heard you on his show and I said, I got to have this guy on my show. You got a great story doing some cool stuff and let's just dive right into it. This is the W2 Prison Break Show and we want to hear about what you were doing before you started your first business. And then I'll ask some follow-up questions about why you decided to leave that. So if you could just tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you became an entrepreneur. Sure. I mean, I think, you know, I went a somewhat traditional route that, you know, I ended up going to college and not really knowing after college what I really wanted to do. My background in college was sports. So, you know, I did, I played division one at at Rice University. And I think when you do that, when you go play a sport like that at Rice, you are thinking about the corporate career or your career afterwards and making that decision. So it was kind of part of my upbringing to, you know, not just to think about my athletic career, but also, you know, what I was going to do with a degree and what my trajectory after my athletic career ended would be. That led me to a bunch of different jobs. You know, this was in 2008. So there weren't a bunch of new hire, high, high paying jobs at that time, if you remember. But it kind of led me to a point where 
I tried so many different things. So I tried construction jobs and I probably really loved that. It's probably my favorite jobs I've ever had was working in construction. But eventually, you know, I needed to make more income and I wanted to set myself up with, let's say, a larger entity or a large organization. And so I got into oil and gas and working in oil and gas for working in downtown for Trans Canada, actually. And that would gave me really the corporate America experience. You know, I'm working in a control room in a corporate building downtown Houston. So, you know, you're really getting to see a clear corporate environment. And then you have both the operational side of things as well as the corporate office side of things. So I got to kind of do both of those things in that job. And going through that experience is kind of what gave me the knowledge base and the confidence to really step out into entrepreneurship because I knew what corporate America was like at that point. You know, I didn't have any more doubts in my head about what a corporate structure would look like. It was very kind of similar experience to some of the other other people in my network that may have had similar jobs. Got it. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Chad, you're saying that your experience with corporate actually helped you in your entrepreneurial career. Absolutely. And, you know, I suggest it to people all the time. You know, I think there is some, you know, naivety sometimes to people wanting to build a multi-million dollar operation and not really understanding what that comes with. So, you know, I'm one of those people that I like to kind of get out there and try different things and the ability to go and work underneath someone else gives me a lot of insight into how I would run things. And I think you can miss a lot of the common mistakes if you just, you know, work for someone else, especially when you're just looking for a kind of a job to job type of experience. Yeah. No, I agree. That's good insight. You were taking notes while you were, you know, in your corporate job. Was there, okay, so I don't know how long you're in oil and gas and corporate for Trans Canada, but was there a point where you started to say, okay, this is not my calling in life. I want to be my own boss. Kind of walk us through that if you could. Well, I mean, I've always wanted to kind of be part of a well-run operation. I think that comes from my sports background, athletic background. So whether it was in construction or, you know, even working with TransCanada, I was always trying to be one of the best people there, be the most knowledgeable, you know, perform in a way that pushed the company forward. In corporate America, I think there's kind of two different areas or, you know, there's a couple of different areas. But one of the areas when you're trying to get to upper management is not the same as the kind of on the ground operational team. You know, it's not the same level of personalities that operations has. And it's definitely not the same as, you know, running your own small business. So I think realizing that probably turned me off, if you will, from corporate America the most is. I wasn't going to spend, you know, 10 years networking for a position that I knew I was already qualified for. And I'm not really into wasting time. So if I can't see myself operationally being helpful, you know, I like to automate things and move on. I'm not the type of person that would just go to an office every day and just sit for eight hours because that's what's required. Right. Okay. Got it. So you didn't see the future in upper management trading time for dollars and you just didn't see the point of doing that. I was very similar. In my W-2, I was like, hey, I'm kind of at the max here, so I got to think about doing something else. How and when did you come up with your first business idea? So let's talk about that and maybe the transition that you made from corporate. Sure. You know, working in operations was very fun, I would say, in corporate. And, you know, I think that's what I liked about construction is, you know, you're going from project to project. You actually have to achieve a task and there's kind of tangible finish line to your efforts. And once I switched from operations into more of the back office and in the corporate office, it's a lot of 
just monotony and things that, you know, in my mind should be automated. It's yeah. not, you know, it's no need of a human touch on a lot of these things. But just seeing that there was somewhat of a need for that as well, but knowing that's not the role that I'd like to play and those roles aren't as compensated as, you know, I'd like them to be anyway. So once I realized that I kind of had already put plans in place as if I wanted to start my own company. So, you know, I had talked to friends about possibly doing it before. My network at Rice is pretty extensive in, in terms of the ambitious people that, you know, I'm associated with and different people who want to achieve, let's say, business success or professional success. So I really started putting feelers out there. And my main goal was to find two people that I felt like I could partner with and then we could start a company. So at the time, I didn't even know what that company would be. I didn't know if it was going to be, you know, a fitness company or or anything along those lines. I knew I wanted it to be some type of e-commerce company just yep. because, uh, you know, I was, you know, I grew up in the social media age. I remember when Facebook first came out. So, you know, I knew that there was a lot of potential in kind of claiming that real estate before it's completely saturated. And once I found my two partners, we started going through the exercise of, you know, what ideas would we be interested in? And at the time, kettlebells were kind of trending and becoming more popular with CrossFit. And they fit my personal background in athletics and kind of working out my entire life, but really turning that into a home fitness and a, a home workout type of experience. And that was something that I was, I was on a personal journey for as well after my athletic career. So it kind of was like a perfect storm of all those things lining up. And my partners were 100% on board. So we ended up each putting, I think our entire savings at the time was like $10,000 each or something like that. We ended up just putting that into a bank account yep. and started the company. And 10 years later, we ended up selling, you know, Kettlebell Kings for a multi-million dollar deal. Wow. So 30, okay. There's a lot to unpack there. I love the story. So you, step number one, you knew you had entrepreneurship in you. You found some partners, you did some networking. These aren't like massive moves that you're making here. You're just, from what I'm hearing, you did some network, you found the partners and you just, it sounds like you did a brainstorm session. Like, hey, what would be a good business? How long did that exercise, as you referred to it, take for you and your partners to come up with the kettlebell idea? I mean, from when I first started reaching out to the time, I would say we had a final idea and an actual like website. And I would say we had a company probably about a year and a half, yeah, probably about a year and a half. It yeah. took us about a year just getting everything up and running you don't know what you don't know when you start something like that and you know i think it can be a good thing and a bad thing for us it was one of the things we kind of needed because we it forced us to become experts in a field that we knew nothing about so when i first started lifting a kettlebell that was the first time i ever had really exercised with a kettlebell, you know, like this yeah. is, you know, after college, after I'd kind of spent the majority of my athletic career, not using these tools, I'd seen them before, but I'd never practically used them in my own workouts yeah. or anything like that. So really just building that foundation and trying to figure out who's the experts, where to get credible information from, to try to sort through what was currently available for the general user or the general customer that we were going to pitch to that part probably took about a year. And I think it could have been shorter had we been experts or had we already kind of had some background in that particular space, but that's what it took us. I love it. So the other thing is the timeline, like 30,000, sounds like you each put in 10 grand, so about the 30,000 initial investment and 10 years later, yourself by multi-million. I mean, that, that math sounds pretty good to me. Was it worth it? 
I guess, was it something that you loved doing? I mean, talk about the experience over the 10 years. It was definitely worth it. I mean, you know, I don't think I would trade it for anything in terms of just the knowledge you taught me about business, about, you know, how wealth works, how really any operation is going to work. So even if I were to go back to, you know, a W-2 type job, I am a much more valuable asset than I ever was had I stayed and continued to work there. So I think it hardens you and kind of puts you in the perspective of dealing with problems as a part of your daily basis. You know, I talk about in my book, I talk about quite a bit how, you know, being an entrepreneur forces you to just look at problems as problems. You know, you're you're never going to wake up and not have problems as an entrepreneur. Even, Mm -hmm. you know, good problems are still problems that you have. So there's just a a more different mindset. I think it shifts you to that helps any career, any business. Definitely. Okay. You mentioned the book. So let's, you have a book that's coming out here and it talks a lot about what we're discussing now. So just, could you give us the name of the book and then tell us where we can, where we can get it give us the status? Sure. It's preparing for battle. It's on pre-order right now. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's by Chad Price. You can pre-order it on Amazon, but yeah, it's basically kind of encompassing my story, giving you a background of how and why I got to where I am today. And then it kind of I break down the building blocks of just being an entrepreneur and, and building the right mindset for that playing field. You know, I think a lot of times people come from unemployment background where you have the ability to not, let's say, hold yourself as self-accountable as it's going to be required for entrepreneurship. And entrepreneurship is truly, I think, you know, one of the most competitive playing fields that exists. You know, I think you see sports and other things like that as, as as playing fields. But, you know, I think a lot of people underestimate that this is something that you're going to have to train for and get better for and kind of make it a part of your lifestyle versus an, a job that you can, you know, most jobs you can kind of turn on and turn off and, turn, and mentally. And this is something that you become more than you just show up. Hey there, back to the episode in just a moment. Are you a homeowner in the Chicagoland area who's struggling to sell your home or even own nothing and looking to maximize your price before the market slides? Are you tired of the traditional home selling process that takes months and costs you thousands in fees and repairs? Whether you're facing foreclosure, going through a divorce, or simply need to sell your home fast, WeBuyHousesChicago.org can help. We've been buying homes in Chicago since 2019 and we specialize in helping sellers who are stuck. Unlike traditional real estate buyers, we buy homes as is and can close in as little as seven days. No repairs, no inspections, and no fees. Just a fast, hassle-free sale. Let WeBuyHousesChicago.org help you sell your home and move on to the next phase of your life. Call or text us today at 312-500-6121. If you know someone who is struggling to sell their home or simply just wants top price, please share this message with them. As a listener of the W2 Prison Break Show, WeBuyHouseOfChicago.org will pay you for your referral. If you send us a referral and we buy their house, we will pay you a $1,000 referral fee. Simply have your referral mention the W2 Prison Break Show. Let's get back to the show. The sports analogy is so huge because you do have to train. Right. You always train your mindset. It's my belief that most entrepreneurs to jump into it, they're just not ready mentally. And that's why they fail. Not because the idea was bad. They're just not ready. They're not mentally ready. And I'm sure that's in your book. So we'll leave that link in the show notes. Go grab the book. It's on pre-order. And it's important to hear these types of stories because, you know, 
I say this all the time, Chad and I were talking about offline, like we're no better. We're no different than you. You're all yeah. capable. It's just we're doing some things that we're taking a chance and we're making some moves here that aren't crazy. Did you know, Chad, when you started the business, the Kettlebell Kings business, that you were going to sell it? No, no. Yeah, no, no. And, you know, looking back at it, I wish, you know, we were so kind of forward thinking that we had everything mapped out. But like yeah. I say, we didn't know what we didn't know at the time. And we knew that we were going to build the company and try to build value in the company and that eventually it needed to have the ability to either, you know, pay us life changing money on a regular basis, or mm -hmm. we'd have to expand it to make it, you know, something bigger. We never assumed it was going to be something small. So, you know, I think one of the mistakes a lot of people make with businesses is they've just replaced their current job with a business and it, it just becomes another job. Well, you know, we knew from the conception of the company that this thing needs to be a kind of an ever-growing organism and it should never be about just providing for, you know, our current lifestyles. You know, we want this to be a, a brand and something that will continue to grow with or without us. And I think that's the kind of a foundation of any good community or any good brand is it should be able to be led by good quality leadership versus, you know, just providing a job for me not to have to work for corporate. America. Right. Well said. Do not become a corporate W-2 employee in your business, please. Yeah, folks. Exactly. Just stay in the job. Yeah. You're going to hate it even more. Way okay. More. You sell the company for several million dollars. Awesome. I love hearing that. What's your next move after that, Chad? During the time period, you know, where I had the company, I started kind of thinking about what the next step was, is even, you know, when we're kind of shopping the idea of selling the company. So I started another brand called Life Grows Green. And that brand basically is, it creates natural products for, for natural lifestyle. So, you know, everything from sheets and bedding to, you know, supplements, hemp and CBD products. So, you know, one of the key areas that we focus on is we like making natural plant-based products. So obviously it's a lot of controversy around hemp and cannabis and things like that. And so we really want to break the stigma around using natural ideas and natural products in our lifestyle to not a hippie type of movement, more of an of educated decision to be more conscious about the things that we consume and to try to, if we can, avoid pharmaceutical and let's say, more commercial industrial products when we can. Yeah, I think there's a big movement towards that, Chad. So again, is that something that you were just maybe, how did you come up with the idea? And are your other partners involved in this as well from the Kettlebell Company? This is a solo project for me. So, that, you know, this is kind of 100% my baby. But, you know, I think I didn't even realize this at the time when we started the Kettlebell Company and how much, you know, my personal beliefs and my personal goals are kind of encompassed in my business decisions. And throughout the journey of health and wellness and fitness, you know, we didn't see ourselves as a kettlebell company. You know, we saw the kettlebell as a centerpiece that we built a community around that allowed us to build, you know, something positive for the world. So once I kind of got a hint of that thread or pull on that thread, it just, you know, it's kind of addictive. And so I think it would be hard for me now to start a company that doesn't do something good for people. And I think, you know, I'm kind of leaning into that quite a bit with this company where I want to kind of create an idea that you don't have to kind of know every single thing there is to know about every single product that you purchase, but you can align yourself with brands that are trying to do that for you and that, that, that do stand for some type of conscious effort. 
And it's not just, you know, I'm not giving you McDonald's over here and in high quality over here. So, you know, I'm trying to be consistent and build these types of communities that exist beyond just the fitness world, but also into the decisions we make and the lifestyle products that we choose. Nice. And your brand is a reflection of your beliefs. And and I love that you discovered that. I mean, a lot of us, when we get into business, we don't necessarily know that. At least the first time we have to discover that. So it's something that you discovered. So good on you. I assume all that's in your book as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So Life Grows Green, you mentioned some of the products that you're offering. What is the overall... Like maybe you mentioned there's some, you know, some education gaps, right? Like maybe what are some of the myths that we need to debunk here on this show about hemp, about cannabis? I don't know a lot about it, but I, again, I know that, you know, a lot of people are talking about, a lot of people are involved in it and, you know, and moving away from pharmaceuticals. I think it's just a one great example that currently exists of how, you know, culturally we can put stigmas on things that, you know, lead to laws and regulations that aren't, that don't serve us well. So, you know, we've gotten away from the idea that nature can provide things that we should all have the ability to use and we shouldn't be restricted by government agencies or cultural beliefs, religious beliefs of any one group when we're dealing with natural products. It's a very, very limited list of natural products that are actually bad for humans and should be kind of banned or put towards extinction, for example. And I think, you know, the government agencies have gone quite a bit too far in that way. So when you're talking about trying to, you know, even advertise as a hemp and CBD company, you can't do that. And so that's, you know, that's not just stifling people from using their products and the knowledge that they would be gaining from experimenting and using these products. But it's also, you know, stifling the business side of things as well. So, you know, people are investing their money into these types of products or these types of companies only to be met with restrictions from advertisers or state regulators in terms of what they can and can't sell because of certain beliefs in, you know, this small part of the country or that small part of the state. Yeah. Okay. No, I appreciate that, Chair. And a couple of questions for you about, you know, your day and about, you know, entrepreneurship. That I think the listeners will be interested in hearing is what is the best part about being an entrepreneur for you? What does that mean to you? I mean, I think the best part is it's a constant challenge. It's kind of like, why do people still play basketball when they're not in the NBA? You know, I think you like the idea of still making the shots and still, you know, experiencing a win. You know, for me, it's, Like I say, I think it's the ultimate playing field. I think every single person on the planet is trying to do what they can do best to, you know, bring in resources for their family and their overall well-being. And business is kind of the epitome of that. And I think when the people that can do that well are people that can figure out life a little bit better, figure out how we interact socially and connect to each other a little bit better. And that just leads us to better places. So, you know, my goal is to have several of those types of businesses be, you know, in my portfolio and something that I've built over my lifetime. And I believe I'm just getting started. Yeah, I believe it too. Notice folks, he did not mention money. Most entrepreneurs don't. It's not only about money. Any habits or things that you do daily, consistently, Chad, that you feel really sets you up for success, especially in your entrepreneur life? I mean, I think we all have, you know, different things that work for us. I think self-awareness is a big part of that. So I try to build a positive network around me that I can lean on and test and calibrate my own personal self-awareness. For me, physical fitness helps me quite a bit. 
you know, I tell people, if you think like starting a multi-million dollar company is going to be easier than a 30 or 45 minute workout four or five times a week, you're, you're out of your mind. So yeah. it gives me a sense of intensity that I need to apply towards the goals of the day and things like that. So, you know, I think the self-awareness to play those types of mind tricks with yourself to get yourself into that state of training and improvement that comes from my athletic background, but I think it's required for entrepreneurship. It's a new challenge every day to get a little bit better, to try to be a little bit more efficient and to, you know, do what's best for the company. You know, I take a lot of responsibility for the people that, you know, choose to believe in the company, whether that's the customers or the people that work with me. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I feel like I have to lead the way in terms of effort when it comes to setting the tone or setting the bar for that. Right. You're focusing on being your best every day so that you can be a great leader. I love that. And I also love what you said about that. You should, it's not easy to be a business owner. This stuff is not easy. If it was, everyone would do it, but you can do it. You just have to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success in, in the right ways and getting around the right people. I heard you say that too. You got to be around the right the right individuals, not people who are telling you, you can't do it or it's too risky. You got a good network. All right. So I got a couple more questions as we wrap up here, Chad. And one would be, you have an idea of who the audience is. You know, there's people that are working in corporate jobs, you know, they, they feel that there's something better for them. They're like, hey, that, that thing sounds cool about the, the kettlebells or the life grows green. Like, I, I could probably do something like that. I just don't know what it is, right? What advice would you lend to them right now to someone who is, you know, kind of on the fence, if you will, and they just feel like they're stuck? I think there's a lot you can do. You know, I was having this conversation with a friend the other day. Businesses exist already that are usually in your space. And so I think there's a lot of research and kind of just general knowledge that you can try to get before you actually get into anything. One of the things that I don't think a lot of people realize compared to, let's say, 20 years ago is there's so much data available to you that you need to absorb anyway before you start your business. So, you know, I would challenge people to start that journey as soon as possible. And I think you get a lot more comfort, especially in taking those initial steps when you feel well kind of versed in that space. When you're, you know, I used, I'm a very big advocate for Google. You know, I think most people ask questions that they could Google and there's an answer to. So I think getting all of those questions kind of answered beforehand will set you up to a more comfortable first step. But at the end of the day, it's not going to ever be a time or a place that it's going to feel as safe as a job. You know, it's going to be something where you jump and it's going to be an acceleration of intensity and acceleration of anxiety. But that is part of it. So if that involves you talking to a therapist, you talking to your family about, you know, setting yourself up for the intensity that's to come. I think that's what you know. I try to, to kind of talk about in my book is, how you know, how do you prepare for that battle? And set your mind up for a challenge and it may be a, you know, a more bigger challenge than you've ever been through. Yeah. I love that. There is no perfect timing. It's never going to be perfect ever. Have you had any mentors or coaches along the way or along the journey? I wouldn't say I've had like direct mentors, like, yes, this person is my mentor, but you know, I think I've had, I would say dozens of mentors, you know, from head coaches. And, you know, I talk about my head coach in high school being a very important person. My dad's a very important person. And then, you know, I have people that I've worked with, I have, you know, consultants I've worked with that, you know, I still talk to on a regular basis. When you are actually trying to become an expert in your space, I think kind of the mentors show up, you know, I compare it to like basketball, like, you know, the greats, they want to find someone else to 
tell and conversate those deep conversations with. And if yeah. you were actually striving to be that type of person, it's only a few people in that field that actually enjoy it. So I just have always been the type of person to try to find those people and talk super high level about strategy and about different things. And whether it's business or, I mean, I could talk all day about social media ads or whatever it may be. Yeah. I just always try to lean in to people who have extensive knowledge and try to get as much as I can. Uh, that's great. I love what you said about the mentors. They find you, they appear, right? At just as a, as a result of taking action. And nothing can be more true than that. That's happened to me personally. Okay. So I just want to remind everyone, preparing for battle, get the book. I'm looking forward to reading that. If we want to get in touch with you, we want to learn more about you other than the book. Is there somewhere that the listeners would go to to learn either more about you or your business? Sure. You can check me out on chatprice.com. Then I'm also on all social channels. So LinkedIn, Chad Price, um, Facebook, Instagram, Real Chad Price. But I think the book is probably the best general kind of background of who I am and what what I've been through and kind of where I'm going with my next steps. You know, I look at this book as kind of the first is in a series of books that I'm going to be putting out that gives you kind of a general basics on just preparing yourself for entrepreneurship, just kind of some general mindsets to put yourself into before you jump into this. And to give you the confidence, you know, there's even a workbook in there to try to help you work out through some of these concepts and ideas of for what style fits you for whatever it is you're trying to achieve. Awesome. Selfish question from the host. How long did it take you to write the book? That's an interesting question because, and people have asked me that question already. I started writing the book a few years ago. And so, so a lot of the concepts and things that are in the book have already been kind of written out and putting it together, final editing, all that stuff has probably taken me about seven months, I guess. Got it. Yeah. It's not something that happens overnight is what you're saying. So you've worked no, on it. You've worked no, definitely not. It. Even in the book I talk about, I wouldn't have been able to write this book 10 years ago. You know, I, I wanted to write a book when, you know, 10 years ago when I started the company, you know, I want to write a book, even, you know, the first time we hit, you know, Inc. 5000, I was like, okay, now it's time for me to write a book. But getting to this point, you know, of the sale of the company really, I think, allowed me to put real perspective into kind of the journey and what kind of close one chapter and open another chapter. So I really like the point in which I actually released it. I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Good for you. Chad, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on as a guest and sharing your story. And again, it's not all that uncommon what you did going from corporate to start multiple businesses. I just wanted to ask you before we wrap up, is there anything maybe that I didn't get to ask you that you wanted to share? Any final thoughts that you want to leave us with today? I know your audience. And you know, when I was reading through the show and what it was about, I was like, man, this this sounds so perfect. This is like my journey. So, you know, for people who are in that space. You know, I do want you to know it is possible, but it is tough. It takes a level of commitment higher than probably you're usually committing to your current job, but it is possible. And, you know, with a well thought out plan, well mentors, building the right kind of network to support you, I think it's just a matter of proper planning and execution. It's not something that you have to kind of worry about for the rest of your life. I think it's possible for anybody to achieve. Yeah, it definitely is. Well said. Chad, thanks for being on. Everyone, go out there and take your shot. All right. That was a pretty cool conversation. And I hope you got out of it what I had mentioned in the beginning, which is, hey, y'all can do this. Everyone can do this. Is it easy? No. Is it possible? 100% yes. Make sure you get his book, Preparing for Battle, and just suck in all the information. Like, this guy's got a lot of knowledge. He's been through it. 
He had his business for 10 years. Just imagine that. And he didn't know he was going to sell it. $30,000 investment, sold it for millions 10 years later. Would that be worth it to you? Would that be worth it to you? You just got to get out there and take your shot. I appreciate you tuning in. If you find this episode to be helpful, share with a friend. Make it a great week.